A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's go, let's go, come on. Let's be clear. Shrine of duty. You're being interviewed today as a witness, not as a suspect. The official, unofficial podcast. My team will get to the root of anything. Shrine of Duty. Hello and welcome to episode two of Shrine of Duty, the officially unofficial Line of Duty podcast. I'm Rebecca. I'm Hannah. And I'm Brendan. And now, lads, when we started this podcast now, we thought maybe the parents would listen. Maybe two of our friends. We Guilting sure. a few people, a few colleagues. That was it. But mother of God, we've had a bit of an eventful week. In the words of Ted Hastings. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Is that what he said? He did say yeah. that. Yeah. So episode one of Line of Duty, season five, aired on Sunday night, right? We're going to delve into all of the details about that in a few minutes. But first, I need to chat to you guys about two huge things that happened this week. Um, our first BBC legal letter... And our first BBC interview. Brendan, elaborate. So, um, anyone, any of the many, like, surprised so many people listen to the podcast. At one point, we were number one in the TV and film category of Apple Podcasts. Guys, we were underneath the Hilo, Dolly Alderton's the Hilo there. They're in iconic. The- they were on like a world tour. I nearly <laughs> died. So that was shocking. And then the next shocking thing that happened was we got a very, very, very nice email. To be fair, it was really like phrased lovely. Um, but you'll have noticed um, if you listen to the podcast, uh, the last one, that it was up naked, as we put it. We had to take our <laughs> intro and outro off because we were a little bit bold and there was a little bit of the theme tune music from the show in it. Yeah. We all work in the same office and Brendan works on the floor below us. And when I say he flew up the oh, stairs... Oh, I could hear your footsteps. <laughs> I was like, he's coming up. All he said was from about 10 feet across the room was, legal have been in touch. And I went, oh, Jesus, that's us gone now. The BBC <laughs> wants to shut down. We're after insulting someone. But no, we just ripped off the composer. Yeah. So we're sorry. Excellent theme song, by the way. Yeah. Uh, excellent. So we had to take that down, but it's all back up again now uh, and legally uh, binding. And Brendan, what did the first line of the email say? I nearly got sick. Um, what, it said the composer oh, hi, has... we're the producers oh, yeah. of Line of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, we're the producers of Line of Duty. And they were so nice about it. They first were of gorgeous. all, really bright. Tr- like... I should have been like scared at the email going, you've done something wrong. But I was actually just thrilled that they'd listened, to be honest. I can't believe that they've listened. And not only them, the composer of the theme tune had listened as well. So that was Friday, it's right? Now. So Saturday came and went. That was as exciting as I thought it was ever going to get. Oh, yeah. More exciting than I'd ever thought it was going to get. My yeah. hands are really thinking about it. Honestly, it was like a Line of Duty finale episode, right? Then we got to Saturday evening. Now, the three of us, all very sociable people, 
I was out for dinner. I was out in the pub, but I mean, when are we ever all out at eight o'clock on a Saturday? I'm a bit, I'm more yeah, like of a nest. <laughs> would you stop? That was a rarity now. And I just thought we all just happened to be out. And what happened? On Saturday evening, we got an email to say, hi, I'm a producer at the BBC. Um, <gasps> would you like to come on to Radio 5 Live and talk about Line of Duty and your podcast tomorrow morning? Like, I nearly fell off the chair in the restaurant. Like, I shot up. I ran out. I had no signal in the restaurant. I was ringing both of you. Couldn't get an answer. Yeah, hole in the wall on the Navin Road. I screamed it down when I found out. We were all ringing each other. And, oh, it was so exciting. So, that email resulted in (laughs) (laughs) me being on BBC Radio 5 Live. (laughs) At before 8am on Sunday morning So early Haven't been Oh eight. and the clocks went forward and as well the clocks, oh, the clocks So it was forward. actually like 7am or 6am Really 7am Yeah uh, So it resulted in me being Live on the BBC <laughs> With a low key hangover And they also asked me At the last minute To go on FaceTime <laughs> No So no. that they could see me And share the video On their social media channels I wasn't prepared for that I was in bed Thinking sure I could just do this From my bed Over the phone I had to run out of bed, throw a top on, find a suitable backdrop in my house somewhere. <laughs> and so I beat. was live on Five Live in my boxer shorts. 640,000 Twitter fans they have, Brendan. You looked great. Like, if that had been myself or Hannah, there would have been an eyelash falling off one of us. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean? in my house, I was up like 10 to 8. I was recording Brendan's audio like a true friend. And it was 5 to 8, right? And he wasn't on and they were talking about a really serious topic. I think it was alcoholic parents. And I said, right, they're going to go to the news and they're going to have Brendan on afterwards. So I ran into the loo, but I brought the laptop with me <laughs> just in case. And obviously I'm sitting on the loo and who do I hear? Brendan O'Loughlin's gorgeous voice booming out of BBC Five Live. And I had to listen to your interview on the loo, Brandon. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, yeah, I know. Anyway, guys. Mad, anyway. mad, but what a fun week. Great. Absolutely. And thanks to everybody who listened to us because, thanks, I mean, mad. we honestly really didn't expect it. Yeah. Like more than three listens, I would have been chuffed. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, let's get down to business. For the purposes of the tape, here is a recap of Season 5, Episode 1. And I'll just start by saying that Season 5, Episode 1 of Line of Duty was watched by 7.8 million people. Incredible. To put that into context, Dairy Girls, that we love, really popular on Netflix, 1.8 million. That's their highest. And the final episode of Bodyguard was 14.3. So they're up in iconic levels of, of TV viewing now. Okay. We're going to get into the recap. So season five, episode one opens in Eastfield Police Storage Facility where a team of coppers are loading a white van. Coppers? Yeah. Are loading a white van with a container labelled ED905 and head for an incinerator. DS Jane Cafferty, played by Sianne Reese-Williams, stops the convoy when she sees a woman who turns out to be Lisa McQueen, played by, played by Rashinda Sandal banging on the window of a crashed car for her baby who's trapped inside. When Cafferty halts the convoy to help McQueen, it's revealed that the baby is a plastic doll or a brat, as Rebecca referred to it, (laughs) and the officers are ambushed. Three officers are gunned down and killed immediately. Cafferty is shot in the leg, but is still alive. And, sorry, the van driver escapes without a scrape. So... Every hair on my body stood up when she opened that car door. And we saw that that there wasn't a baby in it. And even though we had seen it in the trailer uh, during the week last week, it didn't make it any less 
gripping, shocking, or shocking gripping. appalling. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is the first time we meet crime boss John Corbett, a.k.a. Stephen Graham, a.k.a. Bay. Um, he <laughs> asked McQueen to finish Cafferty off. She lies and claims she's already dead. The gang escaped with the white van to a nearby barn and it is revealed that the container was filled with 10 million euro worth of heroin. And that's before we even get to the credits. So that's straight in, season five, back with a bang. I'm sweating thinking about it again. So that was brilliant. We saw (laughs) that during the week. Okay. In AC12 headquarters, Kate briefs Hastings on the ambush. He says, mother of God, presumes there must have been a leak and puts Kate and Steve on the case. (laughs) Now, I want to talk about this for a second. Go Steve, on. Kate has been promoted to DI. Steve calls Kate. Woo! Well done. Yeah. I, First of all, well done. Well yeah. done, Kate. I missed that happening. That when did that happen? Did we see that happen? He's sitting so down. quick. He's sitting yeah. down, and he, she says, "Can you um, open a case file?" And he says, "Yes, mom." I've two. I remember that happening, but when did she get promoted? I don't know. It must yeah. have been in between. I miss. Yeah. yeah, because she was rewarded for was uh, her role with the dot situation with to the sergeant. Caddy. I think. Yeah, so she's kind of ahead of Steve in the game of career ladders as they go. But she is a DI now, so I don't yeah. know if we. Uh, now maybe that mom was an indication of her promotion. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was an indication of maybe there's a bit of coldness between them mm-hmm. or as I think yeah. it is an indication that she is going to be interviewing him at some stage yeah. and he has to be interviewed by a ranking an officer at least one, one rank, yeah. one rank one above rank him and yeah. I think that's what that was yeah that's that's just Jed setting that up from, yeah. in the they, first five minutes they normally just go mate 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 mate, mate. Yeah, and it was very clearly mom. And I'm so smug that I picked up on that. I just want to get that out there so I can come back and do an I told you so in a couple of episodes. Okay. Um, well, so Kate and, yeah, Kate and Steve interviewed Jane Cafferty in hospital. Cafferty says she was doing her duty as a police officer as there was an immediate threat to life and tells them to look at the lorry driver as a leak. However, Steve confirms he didn't know the plan until minutes before. So we're kind of told to disregard his connection. I'm having absolutely none of that. He's coming back. I think that they brushed that situation under the carpet mm-hmm. uh, because Mahutra, he kind of comes in and he takes the blame. But I think Jane might come back into it. It's very similar to that of Lindsay, Lindsay Denton. Denton. Yeah, I agree. Iconic. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of callbacks to the Lindsay Denton ambush and the whole thing. But I think he's doing that on purpose. So um, Kate and Steve claim that whoever was leaking information knew that Cafferty was a parent, implying that you'd be more likely to stop for this stupid plastic baby kind of game. Um, Cafferty then reveals that McQueen spared her. So we're in the gang HQ now with John Corbett and McQueen. McQueen reveals to John that Cafferty didn't die because there's a news report and she kind of cops that he's going to hear that only three officers are dead, not four, and mm-hmm. promises to make it up to him. Yeah. Back in AC12, PC Manit Binger, played by Maya Sandy, is working on the case, looking in to everyone with knowledge of the planned convoy. We then meet new PC Tatlene Sohoto, played by Taj Atwell, who finds another crime where a plastic doll was used. However... When Steve and Kate try and check the case file, it's blocked. Mm. Mm. So, Steve and Kate visit a mysterious police services building in search of my new favourite queen, DSU Alison Powell. Love her. From I, the second I saw her. Yeah, I, I think like, she's look. dodgy. So do I. The That's first why look. I like her. Yeah. I know. I just think she's so dodgy. I'm like, what are you doing? And then like her and Ted seem to know each other. Oh. I don't know what's going on. So she is played by Susan Vidler, who's, um, whose name keeps coming up in association with the blocked files. And when they reach her office, Hastings is already there in a gorgeous new coat. 
that's like the time that they went to was it fair was it Fairbank? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Ted arrived at the house the and the Masonic handshake. handshake. That handshake. Speaking of Ted's new coat, though, lads. Absolutely. The gorgeous. hair, makeup, and wardrobe budget through the roof Do you see for Steve's season five. Waistcoat as well. Yeah. yeah, fits him like an absolute glove. Um. So Powell refuses to disclose the details of the blocked case of all, claiming AC12 have stumbled on an extremely sensitive op- operation. She does, however, confirm there is a UCO or undercover officer involved but refuses any more details then she watches the AC12 trio ominously from a window as they leave and Kate and Steve (laughs) (laughs) doesn't that shot did kind of make me laugh yeah yeah, she's lurking like Uh, and then Kate and Steve have a quick conversation where they presume that the UCO and we are going to be using the line of duty acronyms I think it's only fair that the UCO is the female who spared Cafferty's life now are you still with me we're about four minutes into the show with you okay John McQueen and the gang, which includes Ryan Pilkington, the bike brat from season one, played by Gregory Piper. I completely missed that until I watched it the second time. And guys, here's a juicy bit of info for you. I was dying to tell you. Me and Rebecca have been talking about this all day that we have little bits of info for each other, but we've been saving it. Um, A guy called Muroslav, played by Tommy May, is in John Corbett's gang. He is the guy, Brandon, you're going to die, who was running Jackie Laverty's salon in season Oh one. my, ah, great spot. Did you spot that Absolutely or did you read that online? Not credit <laughs> to Matthew James in the LOD Facebook group. Wow. Isn't that brilliant? That Love is, that. Br- oh, Jackie is getting rolled out of that freezer. <laughs> oh, in bits and pieces. She was in about four parts <laughs> yeah, in that fridge. God love her. God of her. No, should do herself. Um, so yeah, credit to Matthew James for that. So then we meet some scary guys in a warehouse, one of them being Slater. And the heroine is revealed to have originally belonged to that scary second gang. So the two groups attempt to strike a deal where it is just so strikingly obvious how short Stephen Graham is, but it still doesn't take away. <laughs> oh my God, I wasn't expecting you it to say that. It doesn't take away uh, <laughs> from my feelings for him. He's a married man. I, you know, I wouldn't do anything, but I just want to put that out there. Um, back in AC12, <laughs> Tatlin Ratha <laughs> to Steve for not investigating Officer Vihan Malhutra, played by Manu. Now, I am sorry, but I think his second name is Tiara. <laughs> T-H-I-A-R-A. The... Tiara. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, he knew about the drugs, the drugs convoy and Manit didn't put his name up. So Kate and Steve interview him. And this is where Vihan says he needs a glass of water and absolutely legs it out of the office they catch him arrest him on the spot and it's revealed that Steve has a very sore back that was yeah. one of the funniest moments of line of duty ever when he said he needs a Both. glass of water and he <laughs> legged it I can't tell you how much pleasure I got out of picking a gift for tweeting that out on Sunday night I was honestly crying laughing it's almost as funny as that scene that you guys were telling me about last week that I forgot about the coffee of Dot and Kate meeting in no. the lane in season I think it's season three and Dot's trying to not act dodgy and then Kate leaves the and he milled his full coffee up against the, the wall. coffee cup into the wall. <laughs> like, I mean, imagine if Kate turned around and he just fucked the coffee cup at something. Yeah, it I have like, so many issues doing? with that. Like, 
Like one, she really could have turned around. She was gone about a minute second. Like, did he not want this coffee? They're expensive. Like just because you're evil doesn't mean you, you don't need to pick me up. Like anyway, that was a complete uh, side note. I had to proceed. I'm now, very sorry. in the next scene, we get a look inside both officers' homes. And Rebecca, I was wet myself when I watched this. We do get a look at Kate's kitchen. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, it's gorgeous, by the way. Twitter husband and son. She only gives them a kiss on the cheek, so I wouldn't be too. People are like, oh, they're back together. They're back. I don't know. No, more to come there, I'd say. I think she's only visiting the sun. I don't know. And uh, Steve ghosts his own wife on fake Tinder. So that was gas. Oh, just back to Steve's back for a second. I think, again, there's groundwork being laid with the, the mam and his back being sore. That's all going to play And another worry I have on. for Steve, he is chewing painkillers in that scene in oh his house. Oh my God. I have so I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit stressed. Are they giving him an addiction? Is he going to crumble in this season? Do you get me? Yeah. yeah. Um, we asked Ghost's own wife on Fake Tinder. They used a photo of Martin Compton's real life wife and dog for that scene, which is very cute. cute. So cute. Um, but he ignores her and throws the phone on the couch, so maybe not so cute. The next day... <laughs> Sorry, we're so giddy today. The next day in AC12 HQ, Kate and Steve interview Malhutra again. He's back, chained to the desk. <laughs> Thirsty again. <laughs> um, they have connected. Need another glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, strapped down. They've connected uh, 25 grand and a burner phone to him. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, guys, I he did hours. peg it at the <laughs> door. Bolt. And you know what? One of my favourite things to do, go back and uh, pause it when he bolts and just watch Steve... Now, I mean Mills, the inside of the top of his tie off the corner of that table when he's running to get him. I'd say he was absolutely a bitch. I also love the reaction of the woman standing at the bus stop outside when they pinned him to the footpath. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to I took lie. that moment for your joke to have a slurp of tea and it came back out. <laughs> Guys, they, they weren't that quick at catching him, were they? <laughs> he, was, he was going very fast. Yeah, I know he did. He re- legged. Anyway, sorry, go on, Hannah. Yeah, please. Um, okay, so they've connected Malhucha to 25 grand in a burner phone and suggested an OCG, which is an organised crime gang or group, bribed him for info on the convoy. Now, uh, he has such a sad face, doesn't he? Like, he's a real, like, <laughs> like when he's telling the story about the bribery and how someone rang him for, oh, I just felt so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. It's awful. So he admits that um, he was scammed and blackmailed by McQueen. And then he says some confusing stuff about AC12 protecting one of their own. John forces McQueen to finalise a deal with Slater's gang in order to prove herself. That kind of flashes in. And then we're back with uh, Manit. So she's brought in for an AC12 interview and we learn that Malhutra is in fact her cousin and she purposely buried the link to him. He, However, he ratted her out for supplying AC12 files to Hilton who killed himself at the end of season four. Put a little asterisk in there. We're coming back to that later on. Okay. For a hot theory. Okay. Um, in return for his silence about Malhutra's gang connections. And that is when Ted looks very disappointed and said, you work with someone. You take them at their word. More fool me. It is devastating. That it hit is. me so hard when he said that. He was like, he wasn't angry. He was disappointed. Yeah, and he got up and left. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Monique claims that Hilton blackmailed her. She says she took early maternity leave to escape him. Hastings then storms out and tries to fire her. Afterwards, he calls a meeting with the whole of AC12 and claims that H has been revealed as Hilton and offers to put his card behind the bar that night so everyone can have drinks to celebrate. However, 
Kada's not convinced. She throws some dodgy looks as she walks towards the lift and he does his cute little smile that's now been made into my favourite gif on the internet. That shot was a bit too long, that smile, wasn't mm. it? Jed working his magic. Yeah, and just before Kate disappears, she tells Steve they need to uncover that UCO to confirm Hastings' claims. What do you think about that so far? I thought Ted's smile through the wind it kind of made me laugh in a bit like your man legging it for the glass of water it was just a real kind of goofy grin he was just like he was like I'm not evil I didn't think it was sinister I didn't I didn't see anything sinister in it it's, oh, Kate. Kate's look was sinister, though, in terms I mean, of Kate's Kate. Kate's a professional detective. I'm not. Yeah, Kate's yeah. super suspicious. And I don't think it was sinister, but I think was a fake. Yeah. There's there's something in that smile. Or is he just happy with his team doing a great job? Absolutely not. No, not having any of that. Okay. Um, where, where are we? Manit visits Malhutra in prison. He apologises and she begs him to come clean to AC12. He refuses and asks her for help. She makes a suspicious phone call in a phone booth and minutes later, a new little shit on a bike drops the burner phone at her feet and we've come <laughs> full circle with Ryan from season one. Um, she's brought to McQueen and attempts to strike a deal. Information for Malhutra's safety in prison, but McQueen has another idea. Later, now, Jesus, right? Right. My nerves were gone this bit and I only copped it on the second watch. Hastings makes a phone call and McQueen's phone rings. Yeah. Please tell me that that is just fantastic editing. Oh my God, I didn't cop Co- that at all. I kept Cops thinking, who did he ring? I kept going, much. who did he ring? The scene cuts. She's driving. Her phone is on the passenger seat and it rings. She looks over at it. Now I pause it. Does you can't see who's calling no number no name nothing and she doesn't answer and he kind of looks at it and hangs up I think it was made too obvious for it to be him possibly Um, so that is out on the road then he heads back into the Edge Park Hotel now the camera hovered on the name of that hotel for a second so I included it because I felt that it it was making it very obvious that we had to look at it okay um, it yeah, where he has a broken toilet and an overdue bill. Um, <laughs> it also hovered on when the receptionist was typing the that? information into the screen. Now I paused it and had a look at it. The information, God love Ted, is his overdue bill, the fact that the toilet is broken, but also that his full name is Edward. But I mean, we kind of got that anyway. That he's staying in room three three six and that he's there for two more weeks. So I just said I take down that information mm-hmm. because they probably want us. They seem to want us to think about it. Poor Ted, not a penny to spend and nowhere to spend a penny. Now, Ted's having an absolute mare. If the broken toilet wasn't bad enough, he's upstairs with a framed photo of his wife in the room staring at divorce papers. So he's having an absolute shocker. Poor Ted. Yeah, yeah. poor Ted. The room's in bits as well. We then see armed <laughs> police. <laughs> it is not it? room. Nah, it's not. It is. It's in bits. We then see armed police. Uh, we see an armed police raid in uh, Slater's warehouse. They arrest the gang, and outside a white van filled with heroin is parked. Steve watches Slater's interview with his ex-girlfriend Sam. He's played by Aisha Hart. Now I'm also putting an asterisk here because Slater is interviewed by what's his name, Les Hargreaves. Hargreaves Manny. Yeah. People of the internet think that he is H. So I have some theories and we're going to come back to that in, okay. in Brendan's theory okay. corner later on. Um, so they're working for a serious crime and Steve figures out that Slater was set up and the AC-12-3 head back to Powell's office. Um, Manita is pulled into a van by two of John's men. John finds a bug on her SIM card and says... There's only one thing worse than a bent copper and that's a bent copper who pretends she isn't. And that is the moment that I realised that he was the UCO. Did you guys cop it? No, you. so myself and Hannah watched this together. You copped it. Uh, if, if you weren't sitting beside me and said, it's him, 
I wouldn't have copped it until she and turned now, it, the when the two the of you go back into our WhatsApp group, you'll see that I actually wrote into the group that it was him. Now, yeah, Did you? Rebecca yeah. had it at the start of the episode. I had it at that point, and poor little Brandon had a clue what was going Tick on. Tick in the corner. <laughs> Tick in the corner. Um. So Kate, Steve, Hastings and his coat are back in DSU Pell's office. He gives her a right dressing down and she caves <laughs> reveals... <laughs> that sounded kind of sexy, didn't it? Uh, and she reveals um, Operation Pear Tree. Embed a UCO in an organised crime group. That's where Hastings um, asks her if she's been in contact with the UCO and that's when we get... Now listen, Alison, I didn't float up the lagging on a bubble. My favourite line that anyone's ever said in a TV programme. Ever. 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 She confesses she lost comms with the UCO. Not days. Don't tell me months, Alison. Months ago. That's when we find out that the UCO is not Lisa McQueen, but as Reb called it, DS John. Corbett and she swings the computer around and there we are staring at Stephen Crane. And you two have called it and I was genuinely and shocked. And Brendan nearly collapsed <laughs> on the ground onto the new cowskin rug. Um, in the last scene, Manise is brought. Now, if you didn't realise this, the same dock yes. where Hilton's body was discovered. Yes, she is lying on the same Did dock you not where his body Sorry, was discovered. Sorry lads, no, brand new information. There we okay. go. I actually have more information while I keep it for theories later on. Yeah. Okay, so just another asterisk of that. In season four episode... Oh, yeah, no, we'll leave that. Okay. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Same okay. body, throat slit. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and that was it. And then it ended. Yeah. So... I'm a neat binger bled out okay. into the water. We will discuss further in Thoughts and Theories. Thoughts and Theories. First up, though, it's most shocking moment. Now, guys... There was a good few killer moments Belters. in that first episode. It was an incredible episode from start to finish. The start was at the edge of my seat. By the end, I mean, I didn't know what to think. Even though I suspected it to be John, that he was the undercover officer, I still felt like, I still felt at the edge of my seat. And when he, when she turned around that computer at the end, my God, right. So, few shocking moments. The brat of a fake baby at the start. The return of Ryan from season one, you bent bastard. Steve's real life wife and dog popping up on the dating app. Gorgeous. That was really cute. Vihan asking for the glass of water and thanking <laughs> it. I think that was my favourite moment of the whole episode. Ever. Uh, Manit's gruesome end. Horrific throat slit by it members of the OCG. It was very gruesome. And she was left where Hilton was found dead. That's what I wrote down in like my Like, my mum would have been scared by this. And Line of Judy originally started out at being aimed at kind of an older age group. That would have... My, my poor mother's probably terrified. Yeah, they didn't even cut away when they did the... Oh, no. and her blood's dripping into the water at the very end of the episode. It was harrowing. And it was red and blue. Did you notice? I was like, that's like police lights. Oh, I was very proud of my observations this week. So it has to oh, be, artistic. for me, the most shocking moment was when we found out about Stephen Graham's character, John Corbett, that he's the undercover officer, he's gone rogue, and it all had been pointing to Lisa McQueen. Is he yeah. gone rogue, though? Is he? Or is he you just know, so into it? It's, it's so... It's, it's being made really obvious that, Le- that Lisa is feeling uncomfortable. You know, she didn't kill that officer at the start. She's shaking, her hand's shaking when she's talking to your man. Yeah. She's hyperventilating when they take away Manit. You know, she doesn't want to be there. And I have a theory, right, which I know we're going into theories. But I think that John and Lisa could be working together because there was one line in the episode that really stuck to me. And she said, I'm just going to find this line now. She said, um, we're getting into business with bad people. Yes. And he said, we are bad people. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I loved that bit. And I just kept thinking, were you both? Were you both in the police force? Did you both turn rogue? Is one of you still trying to be good? Is the other one completely evil? I think that we should watch that space a bit. But I'm wet myself at the fake line of duty police if they put two undercover officers into a crime gang in order to stop crime. And now two of their own are running one of the biggest drugs gangs in the country is absolutely stupid. And this bre- this brings us perfectly on to um, our thoughts and theories. And I did read online as well that some people think that Stephen Graham's character has been so embedded into the underworld of crime that he could still actually be doing an undercover operation but I don't know if that could be so. I mean, you can't, you can't really kill people that ruthlessly and still kind of be one of the good guys, can you? Also, I just want to open the conversation of Powell, right? It's Alison, isn't her first name, Alison? Yeah. Yeah. She was like, no, no, no. I'm not telling you a bleeding thing. No, get out. Like, really suspicious office. No signs up. No names. Case files blocked. All they had to do was come back and visit her twice. Ted Hastings throws her a few looks and there we go, Operation Pear Tree. So I'm wondering, mm. is she lying to them? Or is she like, being so cagey because who polices the police, the police, the police? Is she investigating Hastings? Brendan, how many times did you practice saying that? I didn't. The before you came honestly, in? that just came to me right there. Yeah, that's a really good point. I know point. you don't believe me, but yeah. Brendan, so what other theories do you have? Um, okay, so we believe, like, a few people have, like, emailed us with theories. So this one comes from uh, Martin Astley. Um Having watched the first episode, it made me wish the second episode was tonight, not next week. Yes. Um, episode one was typical Mercurio. Uh, Mercurio, sorry. We already have two to three possible suspects and the dust has not even settled on the episode yet. Stephen Graham was superb and yes. it was the usual top-rate performance from Messrs. McClure and Constant roll-on episode two. Lynn also sent us um, an email. She is really intrigued to hear what... We and everyone else made it the first episode. Lots to discuss, but one thing which occurred to Lynn, um, and she hopes she's wrong, is that Kate and perhaps also her child 
will find themselves in danger at some point in the series. Monique showed Kate a video of her child and that child is now without a mother. Is Monique dead though? Monique has two children and no, she's actually not confirmed dad. We don't yeah. know if she's dead. Um, it's not looking great we, we don't know that she's dead however Martin Compton did tweet after the episode and he said huge spoiler line of duty gutted to lose one of AC12's shadiest and finest yeah fair enough so and he, and he tweeted her Maya Sandy um, Lynn also says the opening scene involved a fake child in peril there also seems to be a theme of mothers and children I feel there must be a reason why we saw Kate's son was it to raise the stakes with the audience if Kate is put in danger or please please let me be wrong will her son be threatened by the OCG that's uh, a fantastic observation. Made my head hurt a little trying to keep up. Side point was so engrossed in the action, it took me a good 10 minutes to twig that Steve Arnott wasn't in a wheelchair. Oh, love, we're all there with you, yeah. It Thanks, takes me Lynn. 10 minutes to twig anything, to be honest. Um, Absolutely. We, uh, there was one, you know, way this season Jed said that they are delving into the personal lives of yeah. the three main characters. The stark <laughs> contrast between Steve popping all the painkillers, lonely, looking on dating apps and alone in his apartment, Ted sitting alone in a hotel room, and then Kate in her house with her husband and child. It just seemed to be very, it just really stood out for me. It was too happy. And that's why I agree with, with the, that email that we got in I do think that Kate could be in trouble this season do you ever think Kate and Steve are going to hook up oh I think about it sometimes yeah I'd absolutely love that no I'd be devastated what just one raunchy scene no I don't know I don't want that to happen no I'm there for that oh I'm here Mm. pass the popcorn no and it's gorgeous new beard a um, few more observations from people oh can we just give a shout out to Steve by the way Steve Rice our Steve not Steve our Steve, Steve yeah. Wright from yeah. Birmingham. We he have a Twitter fantastic. fan called Steve Wright and he is the nicest, most helpful, most, what's the word? Like he's just there for us. He's our Ted Hastings. Yeah, and we're he there is. for him. Yeah. Um, so Steve gave us loads of helpful tips during the week, including that uh, last week. So what, what did you say earlier? You, want to, you said you might have an I told you so moment. Yeah. Last week's podcast. Now I got a little bit wrong, <laughs> but I said that Bindra <laughs> could be H. She obviously wasn't H, but she turned out to be... Have a bigger role Have a play. much bigger role than Absolutely. we thought. So Steve um, gave us her name last week. Jeez, um, I can't he, even remember her name. That's awful, actually. I know. Um, Steve so also said that we had seen Kate's husband, son and house. We got <laughs> no, reminded I just of all been, about this I must have been on the phone when that was coming up. <laughs> Gone for a glass of water. <laughs> Um, so shout out to Steve Uh, Barry Tucker says it better not be Ted Rachel says better bloody not Barry yeah Rachel says that she listened to the podcast on a run this morning she loved it although she's always suspected Kate doesn't think she's 100% legit Uh, Michelle says her brain isn't big enough to remember everything she needs to know might have to move work friends calorie content temporarily out of the brain for the next few weeks to free up memory and uh, hashtag bitches against Brexit say (laughs) (laughs) obsessed say all Ted's sayings are Northern Ireland gems delivered perfectly by the class Adrian Dunbar Uh, thanks to Martin and Laura and everyone else as well that sent in thoughts and theories this week guys I have some theories and thoughts hit me um just a few random ones. I was re-watching the do- uh, Milner's Coffee Up the Lane scene just for pure fun. It's uh, season three, episode two, if anyone wants to look. And I might be reading too much into this, but he says to Kate, I noticed you're... Okay, I'll just start off this by saying I'm a little bit suspicious about Kate at the minute. 
Oh, same. Yeah. Same. I rewatched season four and she just looked shady AF F, to yeah. me. So he says to her, I noticed, oh, sorry, she says to him, I noticed your reaction to me in the interview. Did I say something that didn't hit the right note? He says, just you're a brilliant lot. Just, you're a brilliant liar, that's all. It kind of unsettled me. And she just makes this weird face and walks off. Mm. No, Suspicious. Um, I have another very similar situation to that. I'm re-watching season two at the minute. In season two, episode three, Hastings is meeting Mike Dryden about his debt problems. When he leaves the office, Les Hargreaves is sitting outside waiting to go in. Now, a lot of people think Hargreaves is H at the minute. He um, he was in season two and season four, and he is back in this season now working with Sam, who is Steve Arnott's ex-girlfriend. And he is interviewing people. I think he's with Serious Crime. So he's interviewing that Slater gang. Yeah. So AC12, are obviously involved with this organised crime gang stuff but when they come in they're interviewed then by Serious Crime which is headed up by Hargreaves so Hargreaves gives Hastings a hard time and he says it must be great up there on that pedestal all holier than thou all the further to fall when the truth comes out and that just yeah, made me feel a little bit scared about more stuff to come with Hastings now he could have just been talking about the death and all this what do you guys think of, how do you all personally feel about um, Hastings possibly being H at the moment like, how do you feel at the moment? I don't think it's him. Either do I. I think it's been made too obvious. But I think the um, whole thing is it's been made so obvious that it could be him. Yeah, and Jeb Mercurio loves making people with death problems do bad things. He does. Absolutely. And who's staying in a manky hotel room with no toilet and death problems and a big divorce fee over their heads? It's Ted, okay? So he's broke, he's getting divorced, he's in the dingy hotel. I, this is why I wrote down my notes. Does that mean he's innocent because he's not getting money from the criminal gangs? Or is he an easy target for That's them? A good point. Oh, yeah, really good point. That's a really good sure, point. If he was taking money from the lads, well, he wouldn't be, be in the hotel for that long. How much did the co cost, though? Or remember when he was uh, interrogating <laughs> um, Manit, was his aggression. Almost a hint at his own guilty conscience. Rebecca, are these your opinions? Are I read a wonderful. lot of articles, okay? However, back in season two, do you remember DCC Mike Dryden? Couldn't forget him. Yeah. So he promised Ted a promotion. Did and he have he the affair also... with Lindsay Jensen? Sorry to cut across you. That yeah, was him, wasn't he did. it? Yeah. 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 And, he, and he was uh, and he was doing yeah. deeds with your one uh, Carly. Carly Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Who's still he MIA, by the way. Bent a Carly Kirk last seen looking wistfully at a ship. Mm. So <laughs> where's Carly? Is she H? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Her so, and Jackie Laverty for revivals, season five. Absolutely. So Mike Dryden offered Tay uh, offered Ted a promotion and a pay rise if AC12 stopped looking into the plot of the murder of the pedophile mobster Tommy Hunter. But Ted refused that. Heck, of course he did. It's Ted Hastings. He won't so, stop. So he's not, he doesn't appear to be getting money from the gang. He didn't accept that money off that uh, bent copper, Mike Dryden. Yeah. So And those are the he, thoughts that help me sleep at night. What's his motivation for being evil AF, you know? Yeah, you're really, really uh, right. And just before we finish theories, I just want to pop in one more thing. It's not related to any of that, but I was looking up IMDb, which is sometimes good for uh, episode gossip. And next week, 5.2, there is a Steph Corbett credited and Stephen Graham's character is John Corbett and she is credited for the rest of the season. So his wife is coming into it. Amazing. 
Excellent. Not brilliant. And so imagine if his wife well, was. She doesn't know where the fuck well, he Imagine is. if that was Kate and Kate's not been Kate the whole time, and it's like a This Is England reunion. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Where's or that come from? Is the wife sitting at home thinking her husband went undercover for a couple of months and he's been MIA for months <gasps> murdering coppers? That's going to be amazing. So Steph Corbett, um, watch out for her next week. Wow, I cannot wait for that. Um, this leads us to a new segment which <laughs> we absolutely are obsessed with the name of. Uh, it's called Lines of Juicy. All those juicy line of duty lines. Um, so this week uh, I've picked out a couple of lines which we've kind of pretty much already mentioned to be honest but we're just going to give them a bit more of a How could we not bit more welly Brendan we are going to ask you to do an accent no I Brendan I did it my recap Rebecca did a gorgeous Ted okay. Hayes accent was shy, and the thing honest. is it's nearly always Ted that gets the lines isn't it so Belters yeah. on he d- his delivery is just it's his delivery I agree so uh, at the start of the episode we're only a couple of minutes in and uh, one of my uh, lines of juicy this week is Ted just simply saying Jesus Mary and Joseph how many times have you heard like like your granny or your mom saying that like and he meant it, you could hear the exasperation in the tone yeah head head in the hands um, another line of juicy this week <laughs> uh, was in the club Oh, I love the club. The yeah. club's a bit dodgy oh, though. The wasn't worst it? music ever played in a club ever and <laughs> the tallest women they could possibly find for poor Stephen Graham's <laughs> Oh my god, they were hanging off his arms, weren't they? <laughs> and they were in like this like the, the, the shittest VIP area you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Um so uh, a line to come out of the club was uh <laughs> when um Lisa said to uh Alice. No, I can't do it. John. Alice, uh, when Lisa said to John Corbett, we're getting into business with bad people. And then John Corbett says, we are bad people. That, yeah, that, that was, was my stand. I can't really do a Liverpool accent. I can say, Liverpool, that's it. We are, we bad, are bad people. people. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool, Brendan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Went a bit Sounds silly there, sweet. did I? Yeah. Who um, are you, Christopher Maloney? <laughs> 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 Shout out Christopher Maloney Obsessed And um, The line With the most juice this week Has to go To Ted Hastings um, When he was trying to find out <laughs> Where the He bloody had enough of Alison Powell <laughs> Oh yeah he was getting real thick with her like So Alison was given nothing away He wanted to know where this undercover officer was She was saying nothing And he could kind of just tell by the look she was given He went Missing for days Nothing. Weeks? Ah, it's not months, is it? Yeah. And then she still didn't say anything and Ted went, I didn't float up the lagging on a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> like, incredible. Yeah. Um, so now it's time for What Jed Said and it's a segment all about things <laughs> that Jed Mercurio says about line of duty and just says in general. I think it's my favourite segment because the name is amazing. Yeah. What Jed Said. Oh. Um, so, What Jed Said about the infamous line I didn't float up the lagging in a bubble is basically uh, I spotted this article actually on Belfast Live by the way just to give him a shout out oh we went deep he said that the line was actually a result of an audience at an event held in Belfast while he was writing the series Jed says that he was challenged by BBC broadcaster William Crawley to include a previously unused colloquialism in the new series so Mercurio said we did an event at the MAC and I asked the audience to throw out some colloquialisms. 
I like colloquialisms. Wow. Nailed it. I have to say some were rubbish and there were a couple that were very good and there was one that for me felt like it was so insane that it was irresistible. Look at your man Crawley knew how to work tin- or Twitter. He knew that was going to go viral if you put it in. Absolutely. Like go find an unreal line from a load of Belfast people and we whack it in the show. Yeah, very clever. What I know a line. that you were what saying that a lot of people thought that it was just ad lib and he just kind of threw that in there, no. but it was all carefully plotted by the masterful Jed Mercurio. Adore you, babe. And I like that they say it up in Belfast because we have a version of it down in Dublin and it's I didn't come up the Liffey on a Lilo. Do we say that? <laughs> I thought you made that up. Is that a Are you joking me? No, no, I've never oh, heard anyone say that. It side thing. Do you mind me? <laughs> <laughs> sure, Brendan's from me. I didn't come up the Liffey on a Lilo, Brendan. I have never heard that. Maybe you did then, Pet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. Excellent. Um, so <laughs> next week's episode, guys, what to expect. Now, we have learned our lesson from uh, last week with the legal situation and we aren't going to play the trailer because it does contain the music. Yes, yeah, sauce. But, I do have a short well, recap. I home it underneath your recap. I'm going to do a, a quick recap of the trailer for next week. Uh, it shows Ted ordering AC12 to apprehend John Corbett, aka Stephen Graham, aka Bay, in Hannah's words. Uh, Ted's voice is heard saying, <laughs> If you've ever asked yourself why we do this job, this is it. There's flashing shots of squad cars. Steve is spying on a potential suspect. Forensic investigators are at a crime scene. And then one high ranking officer says, The extent of police corruption has been covered up. Ted replies, AC12 will get to the bottom of it. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the UCO in the OCG, John Corbett, says that he's got a plan, something big. And then, very dramatically, a balaclava man jumps up behind Steve before the final shot, <gasps> which shows another or the same balaclava man firing a gun. Don't you touch Steve Arnott. He just got his beard to a really great place. Like, um, also speaking on the abbreviations, do you know yeah. uh, Sue Perkins, who used to present... Bake, Bake Off. Off or still presents Bake Off does she? No not Sue anymore No, no. no. Barry's not on it I'm not that interested but um, Sue Sue tweeted a really funny synopsis of the whole episode and I feel like it just needs a shout out in this episode Do it and she wrote Miss Line of Duty, FYI, there's a UCO in the OCG who's MIA. While he's AWOL, DCI and DCS from AC12 hunt shipment ED905 from an H- from a HGV and trace the links from H to an ACC RIP. Welcome back. Oh, oh my God. What a bloody tweet. That's like, so good. Incredible. I think it's gotten about 20,000 likes on Twitter. I was so impressed. That is amazing. Um, but anyway, back to next week's episode. Guys, do you have any predictions? Just while we're on next week's episode, when I was on IMDb there, they had a little um, bio first. So it said, a fresh police leak enables another audacious raid while Arnott's attempts to gather information put him in a dangerous situation. Now, if he's shot at... No. He, he being Martin Compton, did tweet or Instagram only like a couple of hours ago and he said it was about the viewing figures, you know, they were massive and he's like, you know, all is, you know, great in AC12 but that won't last long or basically implied that it's yeah, going to be a happen. sorrowful place. A so. fresh police leak. So, Malhutra, well. do you know what I mean? Malhutra's gone now. So is Manise. So there's another leak. 
The new character who ratted out Manit to AC12 at the start of the episode, I wrote down yeah. her name earlier. I have her name I here. know who you're on about. Where Can't think of her name, though. Tatlene Zahoto. Yeah, Tatlene. While she seemed to obviously be doing the right thing, there was something a bit kind of... A few dodgy looks being flown yeah, around the office, wasn't and they there? really did focus on her kind of being lurking in the in the background of the office. That could have just been, though, because she knew Manit didn't report Malhutra as being connected. Yeah. I'm, I don't know though. I'm also dying to see um more uh Ted's wife, the divorce. There's more yes. of that gonna be next week. Um I wanna know more about Kate and the home situation. Yeah. As you said, like just kiss the husband on the cheek, it looked a bit more kind of friendly than anything else. Yeah. And also the secret woman in the secret building and the secret office. What's her name Alison again? Powell. Her, Alison Powell. Alison That like... Iconic sucked, queen. Yes. Iconic queen. Um, more, speaking more of, of Ted's wife, we yes. actually got an email in from a girl called Aoife Harbison who sent us a lovely email. This is a brilliant email. She said, loving the podcast, especially hearing some of lo- other lovely Irish people who are obsessed with Line of Duty. Thanks so much. Um, I had a mad theory on Sunday straight after the first episode of Series 5. I'm really suspicious about Hastings' wife. We know that Hastings has separated with her, presumably because of his gambling problems and debt but what do we know about her how much does she know about what Hastings does in AC12 I can imagine Hastings would be careful enough with confidential information he does things to the letter of the law (laughs) but as we know in the show you can be careful and still be manipulated or tricked and now she has asked for a divorce which pushes her further out of the spotlight especially if Ted himself is coming under heavy criticism also don't forget her second name could also be Hastings I've made a lot of wild assumptions but basically I'm excited to discover more about Ted's backstory and how it could come back to bite him I'm so excited for next week and to hear your thoughts on the podcast Aoife I think you're onto something Aoife that is an unbelievable theory now, Aoife if you could have only seen Brandon's face <laughs> oh he was yelping jaw hit the floor yes Incredible. I'd say you're how onto something how clever there. is that yeah yeah, yeah big yeah. time what do we know about the wife and then her picture's always in the frame of course she's Hastings as well of course, oh, shit, shit, shit! Watch this space. And, and look at him I mean, lashing his card behind the bar. There, very quick to have a celebration. And Barry Hilton I'm wasn't he? Speechless. Very quick for that celebration. Mm. Brush it under the carpet. Say nothing. Let's go. A few drinks and it'll be forgotten. Yeah, I'm on Kate Fleming's side now. Not having a blade of that until I have proof of what's going on. Mm. Um, so next week's episode is going to be lit. Uh, I do think that we need to give a little shout out to. The incredible character that was Manit. Manit Bindra. Yeah, so credit for her. Lovely. Den of Geek for uh, these gorgeous words on Manit. So on Sunday night, we watched uh, her cruelly slain by John Corbett's men. Now, although we, you know, we don't know she's dead and you can never be too sure in line of duty, I'm pretty confident to say she's a goner. Yeah, we think she is dead, yeah. Um, A lot of people have died on that pier. Which makes me sad because she wasn't really a bad person. No, she wasn't at at all. all. No, she had a a motive and that was, it wasn't a bad motive. She was just trying to help someone in her family. And then at the end, when she tried to help AC12, that's her other family in a way. I read that in that article and even in in like season 4 like she took early maternity to make sure that she wasn't available to hand over more information to be a moly moly mole she She, just wanted to not be bad 
Yeah, she's been in um, the show since 2016. She joined the cast, season three, episode two, which I actually think is the episode where Dot throws the uh, coffee at the wall. So that's just another reason to go back and watch that. Um, here's five reasons why we love her. So despite her better judgment, she always followed orders, kept things quiet for Dot and passed information to Hilton. So she had this respect for officers, her senior, even when they were asking her to do things that were probably a little bit untoward. She was the one who made the connection between Danny Waldron and Sandview Children's Home and season two like she's been in the background doing the, the yeah. crazy amazing work and she work. was the one that even though Dot was trying to keep it a secret she was the one that told Steve about the letter being in the envelope that, yeah. that oh, do you remember when they the golf met? tea yeah yeah in season four she was the one um, she was on to Huntley for Tim Ifield's murder she was also the one who discovered that the lawyer who defended Michael Farmer was none other than the corrupt solicitor Jimmy Lakewell um, and it was a key factor in exonerating Michael. She came to work during her maternity leave with one of her kids to figure out that Steve's car had fake plates on it when <gasps> Dot Stola yes. murdered Lindsay Jensen in it. So she's essentially the reason Steve isn't in prison. Um, she eventually ratted out Dot to Kate, leading her to, uh, to have a breakthrough that he was in fact the caddy. And as the article said, she loved AC12 like her family and they loved her too. And while Ted was very disappointed and angry with her on Sunday night, Kate and Steve were quick to stand up for their friend. And Minnie Bindra will be missed in AC12 and on our TV screens. She will. She will. Um, and that article is on Den of Geek and it's by Louisa Meller. It's a, it's actually a lovely piece if you want to really, go back and really read nice. back the full thing. Because she's one of those people and it happens in life that are in behind the scenes and you know they're part of the team but they mightn't be a front runner and she really did she was the backbone at AC12 she was the absolute backbone and while I was talking about that there uh, and where she got murdered I actually just remembered one thing that I should have put in my theory yeah so I'm just going to go back and Brendan I can't wait to see her face when I reveal this right let me just find it now. Because you're like, you'll obviously not have taught this because oh, you you're thick. Well, I had you're to read it on the I had to. You're not I, I noticed the Hilton and uh, Manish, uh, the link in the second mm-hmm. time I watched it. The first yeah. time I did not cop on to anything. I didn't realise it was Ryan. Didn't realise it was Steve's wife in the Tinder. Yeah. You know yourself. Like, I, you have to watch it twice. Oh, absolutely. Too watch twice. On. Read a review. Yeah. Look at everything. Yeah. Absolutely. So... Manita's brought to the same dock and murdered where Hilton's body was discovered. Okay, Hilton mm-hmm. was sitting up with a shotgun. Um, in season four, episode six, Kate confirms that another body was discovered in yes. the exact same place. That of Oliver Stevens Lloyd, a social worker trying to blow the whistle on child sexual exploitation. In the home. Yeah. And she says to Hastings... His death was made to look like a suicide too. Hastings throws her a look and convinces her otherwise by saying, no, Hilton killed himself. He, quote, knew the game was up. And Ted says mm. in the episode that we just watched that the best thing that Hilton ever did was was that he killed himself. And I'm like, hang on. I thought we thought that he didn't think he, like, we didn't think that he killed Hilton himself. Hilton either went there to kill himself because he was involved in the killing of, what did I call your man? Oliver, was it? Oliver Oliver's, Stevens Lloyd yeah. and he yeah. kind of thought that maybe that was a place to go he was down there thinking about it or three separate people over five seasons in Line of Duty have been brought to one place and murdered that's more likely isn't it yeah yeah. so yeah. what is going on down there down at the docks so wow. it's Sandsview it's Hilton it's Manise it's you know the caddy it's, it's Tommy Jackie it's Jackie Laverty it's, I'm telling you she's coming back well she bits is. of her is coming back and Ryan's back as well and that's the and thing Ryan's I love about well. this series is it does feel like the loose ends are starting 
to be, you know, wrapped up into a nice package that's going to end with something terrible happening. So, guys, we got through a lot there. Well done on the recap, seriously. Thank you, I'm never doing it again. You've noticed so many things that I missed. Uh, So well done, Hannah. I mean, that took a lot of effort and time and uh, blood, sweat and tears. (laughs) So that's it for this week's episode of Shrine of Duty. A massive thank you to everyone who has listened, shared and gotten in touch with us so far. You guys are the best. We've already given a special shout out to Steve Wright from Birmingham. Uh, There's also two fan accounts on Instagram which have been very supportive of of our uh, content and our podcast. Uh, Line of Duty fan and Line of Duty fans. We really appreciate it and if you have a thought or theory make sure you email it to shrineofduty at gmail.com make sure you rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter we are at Shrine of Duty on Sunday night we are going to be live tweeting the shit out of Line of Duty season 5 episode 2 um, and it's it's going to be great in the words of Ted Hastings we didn't float up the lagging in a bubble. <laughs> no, we drifted up the Liffey on a lilo, apparently. <laughs> Shrine of Duty. There's only one thing I'm interested in, and one thing only, and that's bent covers. Shrine of Duty, the official, unofficial podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.